I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. My name is Amit Mann. Rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast platforms and on YouTube. Like, subscribe there as well. It would be muchly appreciated. So... Let's talk about some of these prospects. All right. Today, we're going to talk about Cason Wallace and Nick Smith Jr. with Harp Graywall of 3C Training. We went into the depths to understand these players and know more about them. And also, how do they fit on the Toronto Raptors? So, Harp, how are we doing, man? How are things? How are we feeling? Great, great, great. Can't complain, man. I'm excited to talk about these two uh, great players, you know, that hopefully we uh, the Raptor fans can get. Yeah, man, definitely. And uh, as we all know, at this point, they did finally hire a coach, Darko Ryakovic of uh, he was Memphis Grizzlies. He was an assistant there. He's been assistant with a few different NBA teams. Um, it's, it's an exciting hire. And also just to know that, OK, in this critical offseason, you got your coach. Step one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now let's go uh, forward with this. But uh, we should hear from uh, Darko probably this week at some point. Um, and also just with what we know about him, yeah. a lot of free flowing offense. It seems like the Raptors, as I've said on this pod before, that they wanted to improve their half offense. That's kind of the, the coaches that they were going after. They wanted to get some more innovation, creativity. Um, and some individuality with their offense. And I think they're going to get that from Darko, but that also does inform, you know, what kind of player are they going to, are they looking to bring in? And also the whole rebuild versus retool thing. But let's start with Cason Wallace, um, who I think is just an exciting player because of how NBA ready he is in terms of being a prospect. So just starters um, defensively, because that is his kind of his calling card right now. How do you think he meshes with Toronto starters and what does he bring that they're kind of lacking at the moment? Case and Wallace is, is one of the, you know, I, I think in college, I think he was one of the best defenders on ball. You know, uh, he brought a different kind of energy on the floor as the um, primary ball defender and also uh, off ball. Mm. He did a really good job. I think, I think for the Raptors, especially having a guy that defensive minded, you know, um, they don't really have someone like that. He can yeah. go on the floor and guard and, and give you five points some nights and be okay with that, mm. you know. And he can guard one to three really well. You know, his passion, when you see him, when when I saw him this whole season, I actually got a chance to see him live in in, um, in New York oh, at cool. Madison Square Garden. Um, and um, you can tell his passion on the mm-hmm. defensive end. You know, switches. You could do, you know, off ball. He's going through screens, you know, and he was he, he was really he took the hits really well going to the rim. Hmm. So he, he, I think I think he can help the Raptors in that way because they don't have someone that defensive minded and hungry to just get go out there and get stops. Yeah, man, I hear you. I hear you. Um, He's an intriguing player from that standpoint. And uh, I saw some clips of him from his Washington Wizards workout. And, you know, the Wizards 
are one of the teams, unlike the Toronto Raptors, where, hey, they're having interviews and we're actually understanding and knowing who they're working mm-hmm. out. But with the Raptors, we don't really know unless we get some 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 insider information from some uh, someone telling us that, okay, Kaysen Wallace has worked out with the Raptors and Nick Smith Jr. has worked out for the Raptors. But the point being that with uh, Kaysen, um, he was asked about his defense and he said that, I mean, everyone at the pro level can score. Um, I want to make sure that I can stop people on the defensive end, mm-hmm. and I want that to be my calling card. And uh, people say he's got that that dog mentality. I love his second effort. That's mm-hmm. something that really sticks out to me, and it's it goes to what you're talking about here that he doesn't give up on plays. Um, the digs on the ball. Um, he he takes away driving lanes really nicely, and he's always uh, he's got a real uh, sense of balance when it comes to uh, you know keep maintaining his center of gravity and stays composed, and he contests and he's very vertical with his. Uh, with this contest in that mm-hmm. in that uh, aspect, and um, I just like his instincts, his instincts no, defense sure. on both ends. Really, like I mean, we're gonna get to, to comparing them in a second, but Kaysen, um, you could see that he could come into the NBA next season and he could help a team. While with Nick Smith, generally speaking, you you probably think that he's a bit more of a project, but there's a ton of upside with him at the same time. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure, no hundred. I, I agree. I agree with you. So then, well, you mentioned that you think he can switch one to three, and I mean mm-hmm. six four, uh, wingspan six eight, hundred ninety three pounds. You think he can guard some threes? <laughs> I I think he can. Just just his physical, um, you know, his body, you know, he's um he's strong. His upper body's mm-hmm. strong. I've seen him now talking offensively, get to the rim and take hits, and and still finish through contact. You know, on, on defense mm-hmm. too, I've seen him get to uh, guys get by him a little bit, and he gets back in front of them and takes that hit, and and he's just he's he's strong, yeah. you know, and um that that helps when when there's like for example, you look at Chris Paul. You know, he can guard the post. He yeah. has a strong frame, and and his hips are very you know strong, and and his lower body is really strong. Mm. So I feel like, you know, from what I've seen of him. I think he can guard one, two, three, and even if the guy's a little taller, because he has active hands. You know, like you said, he he uses he uses hands really well. He engages, um, you know, his his timing on things is really good. With great defenders is the passion. Yeah. You know, even the guy's taller. Like again, Chris Paul is an example. He has such a passion for you know steals. You get so many steals at six at six foot tall. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like that that's 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 a rarity in uh, this NBA. There's only a couple guys. Yeah, he averaged two steals a game and also had 0.5 blocks. Now mm-hmm. a block versus a steal gets a little bit murky in the NBA, but you I mean he's uh, when when it comes to review contesting, he's blocking those shots. He also has some chase downs, which I'm just like, okay, sir. And this is the the effort that you're talking about. He wants it. You know, there are so many exactly. steals where it's one of those like, give me that shit steals that I like to refer to, right? Where it's just like, I'm just taking it from you. Um, and then his his understanding of just defense overall, you know, covering ground and making sure that he's being a good help defender. He's responsible, stunting, recovering and recovering to that perimeter and then making sure that he isn't allowing us middle penetration, all that stuff, man. It's, it's a different level. And you can tell that Kentucky system has been a benefit to him. And he's learned a mm-hmm. lot from, uh, from there. Moving on to his offensive side of the things, which I think, and that's where it gets a little bit more interesting with him. Mm-hmm. So he's done a lot of uh, ball handling in the pick and roll. Um, 
with Kentucky and just to start it off with with that aspect like how much of that do you think is something that we could see soon in the NBA do you think he's going to be ready to take on that responsibility yeah just just watching him and his ball handling it's nothing fancy for sure yeah but one thing one thing i one thing i do like about him is that you know he's fast and and he gets to his spots really well with his dribbles you know, and and that's one thing in the NBA where, you know, you don't have to truly always have great ball handling in a sense of, you know, crossovers, you know, in and outs. It can just be straight line. But if you know how to yeah. change pace and, and, and maneuver, it helps a lot. And I think watching him, he doesn't do too much fancy stuff, but he goes slow to quick. You yeah. know, gets a defense sleeping, you know. um very effective dribbles and he gets to his spots what i've seen you know and um sometimes that you could translate that right away into the nba Mm -hmm. you know you look at guys like Kawhi leonard you know these guys simple effective get to your spots get it done yeah, it's interesting with him. I mean, you can critique that, you know, there isn't a lot of wiggle, zigzag mm-hmm. to, to yeah, no a lot wiggle. of flash, but there's purpose, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of purpose to what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's trying to do and he just gets it done. If it doesn't work, now he's rotating the ball and he's got this uh, floor general sense to the way he plays. He's willing to make that extra pass and that does show in his pick and roll. I, I like his instincts that we keep on talking about in the, the cat and mouse game with the pick and roll, you know, getting the defender on his back. Okay, so where is the big? Um, and he he has this hesitation dribble, which he can transfer into his uh, his pull-up, which he, which he loves, which is a, a really nice mm-hmm. shot for him. Also, he can get downhill. Now, finishing at the rim, uh, again, there isn't too much creativity, but he will use his shoulder and he'll put it into your chest. And uh, exactly. that's never a bad thing. So that's a, that's a good positive sign for him. And he will make that kickout pass, as I mentioned. He's he's willing to make that uh, wait, make that, and he'll find the open man. And then also with his relocation, just spatial awareness. Um, mm-hmm. He's going to make sure that he's not going to be standing in the way. He's going to get to the proper spot uh, on the offensive end. Now, with his shooting ability, which could very well be um, the base of his impact in the NBA. We don't know if he could be, you know, a a pick and roll ball handler, if he's going to be able to get downhill all the time. Yes. Mm -hmm. okay, he's got a a pull up game. Yes, he can finish at the rim. I believe his numbers was what, 62 percent at the rim um, last season Mm -hmm. in uh, in college, which is a a good number. But obviously it's different in, in the NBA. But his catch and shoot game. Uh, and he displayed that at the combine where I think he made like some ridiculous amount of corner threes, open ones, obviously, but it's better to make them than miss them. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what do you think about his catch and shoot, his shot readiness, his relocation, his footwork? I think I think one thing for him in college, that, that was what, something he struggled with. Hmm. You know, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he shot 33%. I've looked at a lot of players in the past, you know, RJ mm-hmm. Barrett, for example. You know, he shot okay. He shot 34 from three or even higher. But I, yeah. I realized one thing is the line is a little closer. And even when I did the NBA process with one of my guys um, a couple of years back, he shot high from uh, three in college. Mm-hmm. And then when we did the NBA process and we were preparing for NBA workouts, we took that step back. It was like, damn, th- yeah. this, this line makes a difference. <laughs> so... So for him, 
that's going to be the interesting thing. I think his percentage goes down just based off the line. It did with RJ Barrett when he got to the league. It's gotten better though. So with with Wallace, I think playing off the off the ball, coming off handoffs, coming off you know being a catch and shoot shooter, he's go he's gonna have to work on that, and he's gonna have yeah. to prove it. I saw that one clip too of him hitting, and it's like, like you said, I think everybody's gonna say this. This is like, yeah, he was wide open though. Sure. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. And uh, I mean, players can build strength. They can improve uh, their the depth and the power in their in their shot making. Um, but with him, I mean, it's different with the Nick Smith, which again we're going to get to in a second. But um, how quickly he gets his shot off, and he doesn't really need a lot of uh, legs mm-hmm. to it. But with Kaysen, he does, and so that does you know it makes your shot a little bit slower, and he's going to have to be accurate with it. But you know, we could look at it like. The percentages weren't necessarily there for him in college, but he was in the role as a as a point guard. If he's mm. working off ball with the Toronto Raptors, which he would be, right? And then you you factor in the the relocation skills. Okay, there's good footwork. I, I saw some shots he's making where like the the passes aren't perfect. He's able to transfer mm. from around the the ground, and then he's able to transfer up and he's able to hit a college three. So it's something to think about. Um, the passes don't always have to be perfect for him, and he can still make the shot. However, it's something that he's going to have to have. He's going to have to have that shot, especially if he wants to be, you know, if he wants to be serviceable next season. Because it's it's hard to see him having too much. Um, ball handling duties with the Toronto Raptors next season. Now that could change. It depends on their direction. And also the other team that is interested reportedly in him is uh, the Washington Wizards. And if they decide to tear it down, then he could get all kinds of ball handling duties. It really does depend. But as a catch and shoot player, you know, the shots themselves, he'll have to probably spend some time working on those. But I do like his mid mid range game. I like the mm. idea of him coming off, you know, coming off a pin down and Scotty Barnes is at the elbow and he's able to, you know, take a take a dribble and just take a shot from the nail. Right. I could see Casey Wallace being able to do that because he has the footwork, he's got the the shot, and he's pretty comfortable mm-hmm. in those areas. Um, but uh the threes could be a little bit tough for him. Um, but the, his his court sense is going to be a factor in there too with a DHO, with a, a pick and roll. You could say that, is he going to be ready to, okay, so if there's a hard closeout and he's have to, has to take a dribble, he's probably going to mm-hmm. be able to make that mid-range shot. Or maybe he's able to get to the rim. Um, his floater game is okay. It's not great, but there's something there, at least probably for any guard coming in the NBA. It seems like all of them know that they got to have a runner, a floater, a push shot of some sort. So I think he's working on that and he knows it. Actually, Nick Smith has a really nice one. Um, yeah, I know for sure. Yeah. But the one thing about him, like like I said right away, if it takes a couple of years, it's fine because yeah. you know, he's so good defensively. I think I think this year that, that's something the Raptors were lacking. Just that passion on defense and hungry, grit, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I mean, they were. They were. Um, whether that was Nick Nurse or their system or I don't know, but they could definitely use more attention to detail um, uh, through their perimeter defense, their point of attack defense. And he's going to bring that. And he wants, as I said earlier, he wants the smoke. He wants that challenge. And that's going to help all the players, right? If you have someone point of attack and we'll have to see how Darko decides to change up their defense, but um, I would imagine it's not going to be nearly as aggressive, aggressive mm-hmm. next season. At least I hope not. <laughs> um, and so you have someone maybe coming off the bench and he's willing to do the dirty work and uh, he gets a few steals. He has fast hands and then he's able to make that outlet pass. He can finish in transition. He's willing to, you know, 
just like leak out to the three-point line if need be. He can maybe make that shot. We'll have to see. But the three-point shot at the very least next season is going to be pretty crucial for him to be impactful offensively. Well, for sure. How about his rim pressure and finishing at the rim? What have you what have you seen from that? I think he's really good getting downhill. Mm-hmm. You know, when he comes off that ball screen or, you know, uh, he's been using a lot of ball screens this year, but he does a really good job absorbing contact, you know, extended finishes. Yeah, yeah. like you said, I, I haven't seen the floater as much with him as I did with Nick Smith, but um, he, he does a really good job of, you know, g- getting to the rim. Guys are straight up hitting their – getting into their chest, finishing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I think he's going to have to add a floater, though, just yeah. for the size. And, and, and the NBA is a little different than um, than college, you know. The bigs are more athletic, agile. So he's going to need that floater, but hey, he's a good finisher for sure. Yeah. I think that's a good trade. He he gets there. He gets to his spots. Um, Yeah, no, he's good. I like him at the rim a lot. You know, has good pace. Right when he gets to the rim, his eyes are up, you know, makes the right read, makes the right finish. Yeah. His hezzy, his uh, stop and goes. He likes to use those yeah. as he's getting downhill. And then he yeah. has this uh, like wraparound where he's faking a pass, and then he'll he'll just step into a, a short midi, which um, is uh, also nice. Um, so he has a it's few nice. tools. Yeah, he has a few tools for himself. Um, again, six four. You know, with his frame, he's not like he's not deceptively fast, right? What are going to be the keys for him to be truly effective at the NBA level as a driver, um, as a scorer? I mean, those are things that he has to he has to ask himself. Um, no, for sure. And I, I think that's one thing with with players is either they have that that floater or that midi. Yeah. And I think he has that mid range, so he might not he might not really need. He might on DHOs he might be able to get like you said, just get to that uh, elbow and hit that shot instead of going one more step into a floater. Yeah. You know, and he might not even need that in the NBA. So I think his downhill attack is is, is really well. Um, he, he knows what he's doing and he knows his spots mm. and the you footwork know? is really key. Exactly. Um, he's got that. That's one thing about him. Yeah. Tight handle, good footwork, um, a paint presence in the sense that he, he knows how to make that kick pass. He knows exactly where it has to go. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, a like, he's pretty damn good. You, you bring him into your, your roster and your lineup and your team, you're going to be like, okay, this kid, he's wise beyond his years here. <laughs> no, for you sure. I, I, I think, uh, they did a good job with him just yeah. making him that guy and, and you know put the ball in his hands a lot and he, and like and we, when we talked about his dribbling you know it goes back to finishing a little bit too he he knows he takes one or mm-hmm. two hard dribbles either a pull up or to the rim you know we were talking about he's not a wiry but he gets yeah. to his spots man he gets to his spots either to pass or, or uh finish at the rim one two dribble go one, that's two, it. whatever it's going to be. Sometimes Just like that's all you need. Yeah, no, seriously though, right? It's it's like, are you going to wiggle or are you going to, and I mentioned this before when I had uh, done a previous podcast and Kaysen came up, it doesn't always have to be flashy necessarily. It just needs to be effective. Jose mm-hmm. Calderon, how many times did we, Jose. I mean, weird pivot, but how many times do you see him hit that very, very basic layup, Boom. right? It's like imprinted in my brain, but he got it done, <laughs> right? He knew Usually one of my it. favorite players. People people used to uh, say I play like Jose because you know he's not athletic. Nice. <laughs> IQ. He was, he was my favorite player on the on the Raptors yeah. back then. 
It's actually a good comparison for Kaysen, uh in terms of it the impact a he bit. could make if he's able to reach that level. I mean, that's nothing to scoff at. Um, what are your questions for for him at the NBA level? What are things that you're like, I wonder how this these things are going to go? Is there anything else that we haven't talked about? Yeah, the, 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 I think the biggest thing with, with Kaysen is, you know, we know that he can, you know, get to the rim. We know that he can, you know, come off ball screens, be effective. Uh, we know that he can, um, you know, obviously play defense. Yeah. You know, th- these are all key attributes. If you had to probably list them, it would probably be defense first. You know, mm. getting to the rim is probably one of those good traits. Um, using the ball screen, he can probably get better at it, but that's probably one of his strong traits. Yeah. And and then we we talked about it a lot during this whole thing is, is, is his shooting. But now, you know, I saw also his shooting off the dribble. Yeah. You know, I, with the Raptors, you know, it's tricky. I don't know how much he's actually going to play on mm-hmm. the ball if he does, but that's his. I think that's his thing. Once he can shoot, he can be a really, really good player, man. I think yeah. he could be in the league for a long time, and he'll fit the Raptors really well if he could shoot that ball. You know, I, I forgot what it was, but it was something like he shot very low coming off the dribble and shooting. I think it was 19%, something like that. Well, you looked it up. So with uh, Darko, I mean, uh, he's he's known for uh, being kind of a pick-and-roll savant in a way. So mm-hmm. we know that's going to be part of his uh, his offense. And so then for Kaysen, if he's looking at, okay, how do I get these on-ball reps? Um, he's got to be able to operate in the pick-and-roll. And we just listed all the reasons why he can be effective. But a pull-up three. A pull-up three for a guard, especially for a starting point guard, a starting guard, whatever you want to say, is so important, especially for someone with his size. And uh, that is going to be a challenge for him. It's not an easy shot to make. Um, but if if teams are able to go under on screens on him and um, he can't make them pay and he's not able to hit some of those shots on you know, a big or even if, if he's not able to you know get downhill on some of those switches right against some of these athletic forwards mm-hmm. that are out there maybe a center it's okay but can he get downhill on a forward you know mm-hmm. those it's it's very hard to do that um but a pull up three and being able to get downhill on different kinds of guards and different kinds of forwards i think will be a challenge for him that's going to be the things that i'm i'm curious about with him um the catch yeah. and shoot i think is going to come around because i i mean he just seems like a person who just really gives a shit you know about his development exactly. and I think he really wants it. So the strength, whether it's strength, um, he's got so many tools already and uh, he's such a heady player at this moment. I think the catch and shoot will come around because he wants to get that done. But a pull up three, some of those things are just out of your control in, uh, to some degree, you know, when, when, mm-hmm. it, when it comes to athleticism, being able to vault up um, the type of shot you have, your shot load, some things are in your control, but not everything. And uh, just getting downhill and being um, athletic and uh, finishing at the rim at the NBA level. Um, those are a couple of things that I'm curious about with him. But in the end, he's going to be a good player. There's no doubt about that. It's more about like oh, what's sure. his ceiling that is what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I found it. He shot nine for 12. Not too many, but nine for 27. So hmm. 33% on pull-up jumpers. Yeah. So so 32%, it's not bad. Like I said, the, the, the size is not big, though. 27%, not that big of a sample size. You know, he shoots a couple more. He can go up to 35, 36. So not bad. Maybe he could. Like you said. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You know, the sample size, what is what is three points in general? The sample size is pretty big. Yeah. But with the pull-ups, 27 is nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, we're looking at a small sample size. So you can never have enough shooters on your team. No, not now. And the Raptors don't have very many at all so um that's why it's good that both the players that we're talking about today and as we go forward in some into some other conversations uh, i think they're going to put a priority on getting a guard combo guard whatever that can shoot the ball let's pivot to nick smith jr so with him uh he only played 17 games um because of some mm-hmm. knee issues and those lingered throughout the year going into this past season i mean he was projected to be like a top 10 pick guarantee um but then the year goes the way it did and uh some highlights where he had like you know at least 24 or 25 or 26 in a three or four game stretch but then there are some low lights too he predominantly he wasn't on ball too much because they got anthony black who is going to be a top 10 pick um Mm -hmm. so he was more into a combo guard role a scoring role and it was up and down but i think you could agree that there are some really interesting flashes with him. There's a ton of potential. No, for sure. Um, at a high school, he was number one prospect. Yeah. Right? So being number one prospect, you know, I read online somewhere like a couple of weeks ago where, you know, he's the most interesting number one high school prospect in a long time. Because mm-hmm. like you said, like this year has been kind of weird for him. So he, he's a... It, it's going to be 13th. He might be there. And that would be crazy because yeah. he could shock some people. Yeah. Sure. Number one. He's the number one ranked high school kid for a long time, mm-hmm. so, which is crazy on, on a lot of platforms. It was funny is that there have been some very, very good players historically taken at number 13, Kobe Bryant, yeah. all right. Cool. Devin Booker. Okay, just to name a few. Um, and I'm not saying he's going to be that, but it would be a, an interesting addition to you know that 13 spot, which historically has had some pretty damn good guards at the spot. And the Raptors, I mean, when it comes to taking players who have a bit of a in- injury history, you could say, OG Ananobi, right? Mm-hmm. 2017, they took him 23rd. It's worked out pretty well for them. Um, but let's start with his defense, okay? So as a one-on-one defender, we mentioned what Kaysen is. How does Nick compare? Yeah, he's obviously he's shown flashes. Yeah, of defense this year. I watched Arkansas quite a quite a bit. Um, but he's taking a lot of time. Like some possessions, he's he's non-existent on defense. Mm-hmm. So you've seen him a couple of times be really good, engaged, great energy. You know, blocking shots, not letting guys get him uh, by him, and then sometimes he's there. Yeah, you know. Sometimes there there could be down ten, energy's low, but then he shows signs, which is very interesting because he's 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 athletic. Yeah. So when he when he puts his mind to it, he has shown flashes of being able to guard multiple positions, um, stay in front of guys. But at the same time, he's shown signs of not being a good defender. So mm-hmm. he's an, like I said, he's an interesting kind of case here. 
Yeah. And uh, I mean, there are some other scouting reports on him that suggest he wasn't very athletic. I don't know if that's true. I mean, uh, also considering the year he had, the up and down nature of it, you know, in, in, the, in the lineup, out of the lineup, I don't mm-hmm. think we probably saw, uh, he probably isn't, he wasn't in the best shape, I don't think. Um, but yeah. you see how wire he is. And when he is locked in, the way he's able to keep in front of offensive uh, attackers, um, it is different. It is unique. Um, and you think about what that looks like in the NBA with a 6'5 frame. Um, there's some versatility there if things you know, all click at the, in the right way. Um, so mm-hmm. for sure, maybe he's not the best team defender, right? He's not going to be exactly Case and Wallace on that side. Um, on ball, he's probably not going to be him either. But with his size and the length he has, uh, as mm-hmm. I said, a 6'9 wingspan, potential there again. No, 100%. The wingspan makes a difference, especially yeah. the, like we mentioned with uh, Kaysen and, and um, the, the guarding one to three, guarding a 6'8", you were saying. You know, that helps. You know, guarding sure. a 6'8", with a 6'9", wingspan, you can get that contest on that shot, yeah. right? So, like, guys like, you know, got, Kawhi Leonard has a high release. So, if, if Kaysen's going up against, so it might be a little tricky, mm-hmm. you know, but hey, you have you have Nick Smith now. His, his shot contest is going to be right there. So yeah, those small things matter, and you never know. P- people change when they get to the NBA too, and like you said, we only saw him seventeen games. Yeah, when it comes to offering gap help, um, reading assignments, being a, a mm-hmm. next level ahead, you know, he's got some work to do there. Uh, between these two, probably Nick would benefit quite a bit from some time in the the G League uh, mm-hmm. to polish up and get get his skills right. But then when you think about what he could be in a couple of years, you're thinking, wow, okay, that could be really interesting because the lateral quickness is there. The tools are there for him to be you a good know, For sure. And that that would be something interesting is, uh, you know, kind of see what the Raptors are thinking too. Yeah. You know, you know, with this new coach, is it, um, is it rebuild time? Is it, get a guy in right now that can, you know, three and D or is it um, G league for two years? Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of interesting. It's hard to tell right now what, what they need. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And especially, I mean, it's been cited already that uh, the reason why Nick nurse was let go or the parting of ways or whatever it was, is that the Raptors uh, management, Bobby Masai, they haven't been happy with how some of their young players have developed, meaning mm. they really haven't necessarily. So if next season, okay, we're seeing more Delano Banton, we're seeing more Malachi Flynn or whatever the case is, right? Mm-hmm. Now you have more guards in your rotation. So does that is that something you think about, right? Now, do you want to take on more of a project, so to speak? And now Nick Smith is the option. Maybe you don't necessarily need um, someone who can step in and help your rotation right off the bat. Um, probably, I mean, we'll we'll probably hear, whenever we do hear from Darko Ryakovich, we'll hear from Asai Ujir at the same time. And that'll be a question is like, what are we looking for at the draft? And it'll be interesting to hear what they sure. mention offensively. How would you assess his, I guess, let's just look at like his, his on-ball creation, his self-creation for himself offensively, because mm-hmm. that's where I think he really starts to pop as a prospect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I noticed too with him, just just watching him all year. I watched him in high school too. One thing in high school he showed more of, and I think I think NBA personnel and, and the Raptors probably are looking at his high school stuff a lot too, because he was yeah. number one prospect. In high school, he used to create a lot for himself. Mm-hmm. Isolation, you know, like you said, he had his wiggle to his game, you know, got to his three-point, off the dribble, you know, used his moves to get to the rim. At Arkansas, more so 
what I saw from him that's very high level was his pace. Yeah. You know, he had he has great pace, man. He can go slow to quick. You know, he can score multiple different ways. Touch around the basket is very good. Yeah. You know, and his levels of speed and how he controls the tempo. When I'm watching him, it seems like he's controlling the tempo on offense. Just off those ball screens. Mm. You know, and Kaysen Wallace was total opposite where he seems like he's one speed at sometimes. His change of space isn't as good as uh, Nick Smith for sure. Mm-hmm. And that, looking at the new head coach, he has more of a Euro game, Nick Smith does, coming off these ball screens um, than Kaysen for sure. For sure. Just based off what I've seen. And, and I, I really like that about him. Do you see a little bit of Jamal Crawford in his game? Yes. Yeah. A little bit of Jamal uh, Raptor, Lou Will. Yeah. 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 I see a little yeah, bit yeah. of Lou Will. When I saw him, I was like, this guy kind of moves like Lou Will. Yeah. But Lou Will is n- next level. Um, but um, for sure, he has that wiggle like like these guys. Yeah. And the twitch, um, there's a tough shot making ability with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love the runners, the floaters, the push shots. Um, he can do it off, you know, as a true runner, you know, going, going left and he hits right. And then if it's attacking a closeout, it's one dribble, two dribbles, you know, off two feet floater um, or push shot, whatever. Uh, he makes those. And those are really intriguing to me because that means, I mean, it's, I don't want to get too simplistic with basketball, but especially now with the NBA, you have your scores, you have your, your uh, your screeners, you have your rollers, and then you have some guys that you're expected to, okay, hit these catch-and-shoot threes, and if not, put the ball on the deck, and what are you going to mm-hmm. do with it? Make that kick pass, can you hit that floater, that push shot, and that's where it gets really intriguing, especially for for Nick, you know, next season. Um, projecting the future, like whatever Scotty Barnes is going to be, whatever Pascal Siakam, uh, his role with the Raptors is, but you can see how Nick could be a really effective off-ball creator, off-ball play finisher for them. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. I I think he does a good job. Uh, I think a better job than Kaysen for sure. Just you know, being able to navigate and score and and his his ball ball handling ability is more confident. Mm-hmm. And similar to Kaysen, I mean, they both have a mid range game. They can uh, hit mm-hmm. that from uh, at, at a decent clip uh, within the mid range, and then also um, from the perimeter too. I mean. Some of the shots that he's hitting, you know, like there's a microwave scoring ability with them that gets really yeah. exciting where like eight can become 20 really fast if he just gets gets cooking, you know? For sure. And that's what people uh, that, that were saying too is, um, I read online maybe a couple weeks ago, is he's he had t- four 20-point games this year. Yeah. So four 20-point games, playing 17 games, like you said, man, like he can cook. Like mm-hmm. that that's not easy to do in college setting too. Twenty no. point games in a college setting in Arkansas, you know, power five conference, it's tough. You know, and him able to do that, playing seventeen, who knows how well his his, his knee is, you yeah. know. Um that's that's pretty um impressive. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Is there anything else that you're thinking that just off of his game that you're like, this could really help the Raptors? Um, cause obviously, I mean, they don't want to run, I'm assuming a lot of isolation. Um, but having someone mm-hmm. who can, you know, lay shot clock, where's the ball going to go. You have someone who could, you know, put up a shot. It's going to, has a decent, ch- decent chance of, of going in. And, uh, with his wingspan, his pull-up isn't going to get blocked too much. I wouldn't think. No, no, I, I, I like his game a lot. 
and and one thing for him is if he if he comes off the bench or whatever starter, he's I think he can be a ball screen specialist. Really, you know, especially for for, for the Raptors, um, you know, if, if Fred's coming off or you know whatever the case is, you know, I think he can mm-hmm. be a ball screen specialist, and he can play Flynn off ball. Yeah, you know, when you play him off ball, he can shoot the ball, man. Mm-hmm. You know, relieve that pressure a little bit. But the good thing about Nick Smith that I've seen is he's really good at a closeout situations. Yeah. Like he's high level, man. And when you look at the spectrum of a prospect offensively, he's good. He's shown a lot of great signs. Just mm. watching him, like, you know, he knows the short closeout, long closeout, when to attack, when to shoot. Yeah. Um it's very impressive, actually, just playing 17 games and just being a high school prospect. His offensive game's really polished, and and he's. I think after the summer league, I think he's. I think he's NBA ready, man. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it, it actually is. He's impressive. Yeah. Once I did some more research on him, is especially what once we brought it up. Um, now he's impressive. Looking at some of the quotes from again that same workout that uh, Casey Wallace did with the Wizards, um, you know he says I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Um, Eric Musselman, his coach, uh, he had uh, done some preaching for him going into these workouts, and he was saying, you know, be in shape, uh, be open minded, and be willing to learn. And uh, he mentioned that he didn't have a lot of point guard uh, duties at mm-hmm. Arkansas, but he's like, I I can do it. Now at the same time, you look at the numbers, and these are just the numbers, but. 29 assists mm-hmm. and 27 turnovers on the mm-hmm. season, right? So for sure, he was more of a play finisher and the percentages, mm-hmm. the efficiency wasn't great necessarily, but then you look mm-hmm. at some of the flashes again. And uh, I, because of already the wingspan and the height, um, if he's able to you know, become a bit more of a combo guard, a bit more on ball duties, that height is such an asset in the NBA. Mm-hmm. If you, if you want to look at it like he's going to be able to play that position. And now you have a six, five point guard, right? That means something. And then also he has three levels of scoring and uh, around the rim. I mean, the numbers were okay. Again, not great. You'd like to see some more physicality with his driving. Um, I didn't see mm-hmm. too much of that, but then again, the seven to 10 feet, that floater and push shot he has, um, if he's able to hone in on that and make that a high efficient look for himself, that's going to be huge. Um, this going to be big time. Yeah, and then that's a threat for you now. Now teams know that is a possibility. You mix in a hesitation dribble. Now you're at the rim. Um, for sure. Yeah. And for and one thing with him is, you know, he goes into any system. I actually I saw his um he's he's not that great when he's passing out of the ball screen. Yeah. But I feel like he's going to be a guy that you know he's not. I don't think he's a starter to start off with right now so if he came off the bench and he gave you impact minutes he's going to be like a guy like lou williams you know Mm. come off the bench give you buckets he'll give you you know seven quick points you know close out situations come off a ball screen hit a floater that that's already four points right there get to the foul line maybe he gives you seven points that's a blessing then you you put you put fred back in you put Mm -hmm. whatever it is and boom you're back at it so i feel like that's the role he'll play but he needs to for sure like you said i think he needs to improve that um the iq coming off ball screens yeah. and darko probably will help you know yeah. he, he brings that ball screen uh he's, he, he he runs a lot of ball screens so i think that will help him a lot if, if he did ended up with toronto 
any coach who saw him would think that this is a really fun developmental project of everything he already has and it's just like understanding the game better which are natural things for anyone who's Mm -hmm. this early in his in his career that he needs help with this but what he already has are things that aren't teachable and you love that so any questions on on him or do you want to just get to the final segment of this anything that you want to mention about him um I think we covered everything. I really like his floater a lot, actually. Yeah, I mean, two very different players, but uh, and it's funny that uh, they had said they've been competing against each other since they were in the fourth grade, these two. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, so, I mean, they're both going to have good NBA careers. I think that's fair to say. But comparing them um, with some of the skill sets that they have and things that are going to be important in the NBA, going down the list... In terms of passing ability, fair to say that probably Kaysen is further ahead there. I mean, he's a, he was a yeah, point guard too, but we saw the flashes and the instincts that we just mentioned. Um, it's all there for him. Yeah, no, 100%. I, I would take Kaysen for sure over um, Nick Smith on that one. How about sure. catch and shoot shooting, pull up shooting? That, that one's tough. Yeah. Um, because they could both use some work there. Although the pull-up shooting with with the pull-up shooting is is yeah. I think I'm taking Nick Smith a little bit over that. Probably, yeah. Uh, um, as a shooter, I think I, I think I'm giving Nick Smith the advantage. Yeah, overall. Hmm. Okay, I could see Case and Wallace having something to say about the catch and shoot. I think they could both probably get to being a, an efficient player at the, at the NBA level with both of those self creation. Probably Nick Smith because of everything we just mentioned. Rim finishing. This is interesting because they they do it in different ways. I I would take Nick Smith just because at the NBA level, that floater is adaptable. You Mm -hmm. know, you can get to the NBA and use that floater. We saw um, Emmanuel quickly use it a lot with the New York Knicks. Um, So I feel like with Wallace going up against big bodies, 82 uh, 82 season, right? Your body has wear and tear going into the body every night uh, and finishing with through contest and it get tough. And yeah. um, Nick Smith's going to take less energy, you know, just get those floaters, touch shots. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm taking this Nick Smith on that one. Yeah, and that's fair. And even with the self-creation, um, I mean, we talked about, you know, can Case and Walls get downhill against a forward, right? And uh-huh. uh, you could say that, Probably, you know, the peak of a Nick Smith is he's mismatch hunting and he's finding the point guard and he's Mm -hmm. going downhill on him. And with his height, with his wingspan, you can see him being able to be a little bit quicker than some of the some of the forwards out there. Right. And there's just so Mm -hmm. much going for him on on that side. Uh, He's a really intriguing player. Off ball play is a fun one because you might feel that with the push out that you mentioned, um, maybe Nick Smith probably has a leg up, but then I think about Case and Wallace, and this is where the instincts and uh, his ability to just see plays before they happen and reading mm-hmm. the defense and making that extra pass. And uh, if it's not there for him, he's going to find that cutter or he's going to be able to, you know, navigate mm-hmm. through screens or in traffic. And then he's able to, you know, find someone in the paint or something like that. But you can see that with a Case and Wallace, and he's probably a little bit further ahead there to me than, than Nick. No, for sure. I, I think I, I agree with you there. Mm, one-on-one defense. Well, that's going to be Case and Wallace. <laughs> uh, screen navigation. Just based off what I've seen and, and um, translatable to the NBA, I, I would take, I think Case and obviously ran more ball screens. 
Yeah. Nick Smith is, is a little less like like you mentioned. The coach said he didn't really run much, but mm-hmm. but just the way he moves and and his pace. A lot of players don't have that. Yeah. You know, and, and at the NBA level, it's not about how fast you go. It's about you know changing, manipulating through speed because everybody's mm-hmm. just like everybody's quick, everybody's fast. It's about slowing the game down. Yeah. Like look at Luca. You know, Luca slows the game down and navigates and. Luca's passing still needs work too, but the slowing the game down gives you so much more. It's like you're playing in slow mo. Mm-hmm. So I take Nick on this one. It's funny because screen navigation, like it, it's on both sides of the ball. So it's, you would probably say that that Nick has like a because of the height and just yeah. uh, what we feel like he could be at his peak. But then on the other side, defensively, you're going to say, well, it's probably going to be Kaysen because of the the habits that we've already seen from him defensively and the fight that he's already shown. We, Nick 100%. also has some fight, but we've already seen it with Kaysen. And he does yeah, it no, game in, sure. game out. He knows that this is part of his basketball identity. This is how he's going to, this is how he wants to get paid, right? That's, no, that's one sure. of his, that's a moneymaker. That's one of his pillars. So Interesting thing there. Team defense. I mean, most of the defensive categories are going to go to Case and Wallace. I think that's fair to say. <laughs> yeah, I think all of them. Yeah. Um, this is a fun one. Last one. NBA readiness. Yeah, this one, this one's a really good one. It's a tough one, though. It is. This is the one yeah. I've been thinking about. Yeah. You know, 17 games. Kaysen has played more right now. Man, I even though for me personally, I like Nick Smith probably a little more. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take Case on this one. I, I think, yeah, being in right away, his energy, and, and and like I said, man, defense. Having a guy that's that hungry on defense, hard to find. Yeah, hard to find. Yeah. And, and and those are the type of players that fit it. That'll do anything it takes to crack a roster, get playing time on a roster, and then stay in the NBA. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen it happen with so many of these defensive-minded guards. You know, Pat Bev. I don't see how Casey Wallace is going to hurt you a lot when he's on the floor. Exactly. that positive, or he'll just be completely even. But with a Nick Smith Jr., I mean, he might throw some wild passes. The turnovers might happen. Um, but that's also what makes him intriguing, is that if he's able to harness that and understand it, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, once he whatever he is in four or five years, you could say that it's probably going to be a, a more intriguing prospect or intriguing player sure. than a case in Wallace, but Kaysen is going to be steady, man. He's going to be a steady player. And uh, you don't want to put a ceiling on someone because that's not fair. I mean, like they're so young, but uh, you just don't see as much of the flashes. I think there's, there's reasons to be intrigued and happy about both of these guys. I think they're both going to be decent players. I mean, this was fun, bro. This was really fun. Um, so Harp Graywall, three seed training. Um, this was this was dope. Um, I appreciate you coming on. We'll be talking to you again for sure. Anything you want to mention, plug, anything like that? No, we're, we're, we're good. That was good. Beautiful. That was fun, man. Awesome, man. All right, everyone. Have a good one. We'll talk to you very soon. Enjoy. <laughs>